Force O'Neill, thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode 348 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What's up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about a Texas uh, teacher who thought they might start uh, the class out by singing some Britney Spears with a karaoke machine. Uh, that particular teacher, no longer employed. We'll talk about what happened next. Also, is there a youth mental health crisis as a result of what has happened with the pandemic? Uh, we'll talk about that. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Jack Dorsey, uh, one of the inventors, one of the founders of Twitter, uh, has decided to leave Twitter. And the way that we know that is he told us on Twitter. I think what's really interesting, though, if you look at Jack Dorsey and you look at his life, he may be a guy that walks away from Twitter signs off and we never hear from him again uh he's a guy that's a minimalist he's a guy that's really into intermittent fasting uh and he is a guy that may be interested in walking away from social media forever i find it very compelling ron that a guy that started twitter and because of twitter i really believe that that was the platform that elevated Donald Trump to become president. I think without Twitter, that would have never happened. And I wonder if Jack Dorsey feels some responsibility. Of course, there's a lot of people out there like, that like Donald Trump. Uh, Jack Dorsey, though, is not one of them. What say you about him walking away from Twitter and letting us know on Twitter? And again, he may sign off from Twitter. It's, uh, it's an interesting story, and I think we need a little background on this. There's two things. One is he took a sabbatical several years ago and in that sabbatical started another company that is now worth billions of dollars. So he's one of those guys. I believe it was Stripe, the credit. Um, he's like, he saw uh, an opening in that market to do something different than regular credit card processing. And so he started that company and he had been co-CEO of both. And Twitter was like, hey, dude, you're, you're not spending as much time over here as you do in your other uh, multi-billion dollar company. And so that's why he said, okay, I'll just decouple. I'm going to go work on this stuff because that's more interesting to me now. So that's one thing. It's not like he is not doing anything. He has two companies, both of them worth multi-billions of dollars. And so he's going over uh, to, to work on the financial stuff more than Twitter. The other thing that's more interesting to me is when you rewind. So if we, you rewind the, the story of Facebook, and we've seen the social network. Facebook started out, the origin story is Mark Zuckerberg was a nerd in college that made a website to rank the attractiveness of the women at his college. You can go watch the movie, and that's basically what it was. And then he that eventually evolved into the Facebook just for college students, and then it kept growing and growing and growing, and it turned into an advertising company. Uh, and so that's the origin story there. The origin story for Twitter, though, was different. Jack Dorsey was going to South by Southwest. He wanted a way to connect with 
the other people in his friend group, his peers at South by Southwest or when in, in the real world. And so he invented this concept called the hashtag. And so he's like, Hey everybody download this app on your phone. And then when we go over to the restaurant, I'm going to tweet out uh, the restaurant. And if you just follow this hashtag, it's going to show up on your phone. And so they would be doing their stuff. Everybody's in Austin from around the world. And he knew a bunch of people. They all download the app. And so they could say, uh, hey, Ron and Don, meet me at the barbecue place. You look at your phone, pops up, and you go over there. And now you're connecting in, in real life. And so the desire for Twitter was, let's have this platform that basically can organize concepts easily and you can connect with voices that you find interesting and have a dialogue because that concept had never been thought of before. That the the hashtag, all I got to do is put hashtag Ron and Don or hashtag economics or hashtag skiing or whatever. I can follow my interests from people that I know or respect into this format and have an interaction with them. He didn't anticipate, or at least he says he didn't anticipate it devolving into the thing that, that just became this vile environment where you're th hurling insults at people and it, it just goes down these different rabbit holes. And so Jack Dorsey was constantly in this battle of like, I don't want to censor people. Like I'm not the, the person, I, I don't want to be the self-appointed king of what people can and cannot say. I know why I invented Twitter. Again, it turned into an advertising platform. Once you got a certain amount of people on there, you could advertisers wanted to capture those eyeballs. Because like I've turned this into a business. It grew into into this worldwide phenomenon. And for every Donald Trump, you could look at the uh, you know Arab Spring, where a dictator was taken out of power because people were able to coalesce around tweets and hashtags in in Arab countries. So it's done a lot of good in the world and done a lot of bad in the world. And so he sort of was like, I, I don't want to be the king of saying what people around the world can and cannot say. I'm out. So it, it is interesting. And he's pursuing this world of silence now of going, I want to go on silent retreats. He practices a form of, of meditation that's all about silent meditation. It, it is ironic that the guy that created this communication tool now is choosing to be silent and to go away from it. And um, it's after all the stuff where he was brought before his senators in Washington to yell at him that didn't understand technology. I, I don't blame the guy. Like I don't blame the guy there are people that are really good at Twitter that I follow. And there are people that are just want to bait folks and they just want to jab and they somehow get there. It, it gives them some sort of perverse energy to point out mistakes uh, be, you know, throwing insults. And that's what Donald Trump did a lot of is just like using it to bully people around. Um, and there's a whole, there's millions of people that somehow get that that's fun for them. It, it's, it's not fun for me, but I do use Twitter from time to time because there are especially things that I follow that that's really the best way to get the information on it. Let's talk more on the other side. You can just tell that they uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we you know we got we got some some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. 
Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron and Don. Mm-hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, the, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit, but it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. everybody it's the ron and don show all right you guys welcome back uh, to the ron and don show episode 348 if you need us just reach out ron and don sitdown.com and we're sitting down with a lot of people that not only are buying homes during the holidays it's a great time to buy homes uh but also we're getting ready to buy and sell homes in the spring of 2020 what are you going to do in 2022 go to ron and don sitdown.com uh parents being warned right now that our youth might be in a mental health crisis does this have to do with the pandemic? In my opinion, yes. Uh, does this have to do with technology? We we're just talking about Twitter, and I would say yes. Uh, my son asked me for a phone the other day, and I said no. And he said, when can I get a phone? And I turned into that guy. When you're 35 and you no longer live here. Uh, the, the kids in his group that have phones, I do not enjoy being around those kids because they are just, and I don't like my son being around those kids. They are on their phones all the time. They don't play basketball. They don't ride bikes. They're just they're just on their phones. And there's a lot of parents out there that have decided that they're going to allow the phone to go ahead and parent their child. It's an easy way to parent because in the short term, you get a kid that will sit in the car and shut up or they'll sit in the room or they'll sit at home and they won't bother you. Uh, just so, throw some food their way every once in a while. Tell them it's time for school. It's a really easy way to parent. Until you get down the road and you find out that they have no social skills whatsoever. I'm amazed when I meet some of my son's friends that have phones that are gamers and they're gaming all the time. They have the inability to not only have a conversation with my son, someone their age, but they certainly have the inability to have a conversation with me. So I think when it comes to a mental health crisis, there is so much technology out there. There's so many screens that are bombarding our kids. And I really think our homes and our cars and our places and our spaces need to become places with less screens. Uh, if you go into my bedroom, there's a TV on. Uh, I don't think that TV in my bedroom has been on in three years uh, because I learned 
when we walked away from terrestrial radio, I got rid of MSNBC and Fox and CNN and all that stuff. So for my news, I just read it real quick in the morning and I'm still just as informed. But I don't have to listen to people's opinions all day or listen to people argue, listen to people tee each other up because that's what get radi- that's what gets ratings and revenue. Uh, but it's not the world that I choose to live in anymore. I will say... It is hard to parent when all the other kids out there have a phone and your child does not. Uh, but I'm going to toe that line here through middle school. And we'll probably wait till high school when you look at a phone. People say, well, it's a safety issue. And I don't know if it really is a safety issue when that phone is connected to Internet. And I see kids who have phones and their parents say, say it's a safety issue, but they're playing games on those phones all the time. I think it's a parenting issue. I do think we have a mental health crisis when it comes to our kids. And I think parents right now and educators, teachers, we really need to to step in. I have one friend who's a teacher down in Arizona, Ron, and she told me she deals with juniors in high school. Uh, when she, she feels so strongly that there's a mental health crisis for kids that when they come to her class, she has, she has the lights lowered. She has gentle music playing. Everybody takes their phone and they can plug it in in the back and she has cords set up where you can plug your phone in, but it's a, it's a no phone zone. And she says when her kids first come in there, uh, the first thing that, that she does is try to provide a a, a place in a space where kids can just get themselves right. Right. And sometimes getting yourself right is pushing away from, from all this technology out there. I, I'm curious if, if the schools, uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming that parents have reached out to school districts and school administrators and, and asked what the plan is after this remote learning year. Is, is there any movement or any strategy that they're telling parents? Because that to me seemed like it was the hardest of being isolated from your friends. You don't have recess. Uh, you're in this Zoom class day after day after day uh, during that pandemic. All right, is the school saying, here's what we're doing, or here's our advice, or as we integrate back into in-person learning uh, and kids can now be vaccinated, here, here's what we're going to do? Because like, What would you like them to do? I, I mean, I don't, that, the thing you just said seems interesting, like of having – uh, a no phone zone or maybe having a class each day where you um, sit in that environment, that would seem interesting to me. Or if there's counseling available or if, uh, I mean, I don't know. It seems like uh, I'm just curious if they're doing that. Maybe the answer is, is I don't nothing. think it's up to schools on this. I really think it's up to parents. It's, it's the way that we, we parent. So the fact that your child is going to school and, and the teacher has to take a phone out of their hands because you think it's a safety issue, and you know it's not. You you know it's not a safety issue. If there's an issue at school, your kid can run and grab a phone, make a phone call, and it's not a safety issue. So I played all kinds of sports growing up, and so did you. It was never a safety issue. We didn't have phones. You put 20, 25 cents in a phone. It's it, it, it's that that that's an excuse. So I really think it's this is parenting, and and a lot a lot of times we lay, lay things on schools and teachers and coaches, and we shouldn't. This is on me, not on them. See you on the other side. Hey, you guys. We want to thank everybody in the Ron and Don Nation that has been switching to Mitch and Mitch.loans. Mitch, I got to ask you. Here comes 2022. A lot of people are thinking money's going to be way too expensive. I'm not even going to be able to afford a home. 
What are you hearing about money, finances, stock market, interest rates as we start looking at 2022? What does it look like? That's a great question. And everyone's saying rates will rise. But when we we have to keep in mind that rates rising is totally a perspective thing, right? Because rates have been, yes, two and a half, three percent recently. But when we were young <laughs> or when our parents bought houses, rates were 12, 15 percent. So still compared to that, rates are good and we see rates going up, but rates will stay manageable and money's still cheap, guys. All right. He's Mitch Weeks. He's the official mortgage guy of the Ron and Don Nation. Go to Mitch.loans right now. Tell him you're with Ron and Don and you save half a percent on your new loan. Mitch.loans, NMLS 169-1573. All right, you guys, welcome back to uh, episode 348, uh, Speaking of School. I kind of like this sub-teacher. This teacher was a summer... uh, I was, a submarine? Yeah, I almost said submarine. This teacher was eating a submarine sandwich. No, this, this teacher in Texas was a sub and uh, got called to sub this class and showed up. And the thing that I love is this teacher came prepared, brought their own karaoke machine, a little outfit, dressed up like Britney Spears, and started the class uh, by doing a showstopper. Uh, we all love the song Toxic, don't we? And I think that that's a song. Isn't that a song about Justin Timberlake? I think it is, saying that he was toxic. I think that's where that song comes from. Nonetheless, the teacher gets up there, just knocks it out of the park with uh, a rendition of this. I don't know if you had an opportunity to see it because some of the kids filmed it. I did and, see it. I don't know if I would categorize it as knocking it out anyway, of the park. Any, anyway, the, the teacher has now been dismissed. What's interesting is then this teacher, because there's a nationwide shortage of everything, including great teachers, this teacher was then hired by another school district, did the same thing, and you're not going to believe this. Teacher once again was fired for bringing the karaoke machine and introducing themselves to the class as Britney Spears in a Britney Spears outfit uh, singing Toxic. It was, I do, I do agree with you that bringing the light bar in as well. So the teacher would, uh, as the kids come in, turn the lights of the school classroom out and turn on this little light bar thing that was like dancing light. The lights would like rotate or move around. And go into toxic. The video I saw, it was a him. It was not a her. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was at the desk, the teacher's desk at the front of the classroom, and went into the rendition of toxic and really was into it. Was way into it. Like very demonstrative in the performance. Yeah. Uh, Really trying to hit the notes. Struggle, struggle with some of the high notes. Couple of them. Let's Let's not presume that Britney Spears is a real technical singer, because I don't think that she is. I think she would probably even tell you that uh, she's not a technical singer. But he he definitely tried his best with the rendition, um, and I can see why the school fired him. I don't know. I mean, it was it seemed fun. It seemed like the kids enjoyed like maybe weren't laughing with him, but laughing at him. It seemed like there was a, some sort of entertainment value to the performance in can we just as a sidebar do you see what britney has been up to since um the free britney movement ended and she got out of the the conservatorship yes like people were thinking she's going to go off the rails and that she was going to go crazy she her first thing was to go to target and to buy stuff for her kids yep and it looked like she like she had a full target cart yep but she's britney so she she did not like run off to Vegas and get a yacht and like go absolutely crazy with her fortune. Seems she seemed pretty responsible 
uh, in in the free Britney sphere. There's, there's always next week. There's always next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode 348. Thanks for hitting subscribe. Thanks for going to ronandonsitdown.com and reaching out to us if you need to talk about your real estate journey, if you're buying, selling. We can also send you a book, a buyer or seller's book. Uh, just write us at ronandonsitdown.com. Get signed up for the newsletter. Episode 349. I'll be here before you know it. Hey, you guys, keep your head up, your shoulders back. We'll see you next time. Olay! On the Ronadon Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network.